0: Yes, we all need forgiveness. I love Toby Mack. Take it to our second part of our series, Fresh Start. We're going to say a fresh start with God. You say, Pastor Rich, why are you talking about a fresh start with God and you're talking about forgiveness? Because here's the key. The strength of our vertical relationship has everything to do with our strength of our horizontal relationships. And forgiveness is one of those things that smash our fellowship with God. A lot of us want to walk with God, want to do a lot of great things for God, but that one thing, forgiveness, will stop. Not our relationship, but will kill our fellowship with God. And when you kill your fellowship with God, life starts to change. You kill your fellowship with people. And most of the time when people walk away from a church or walk away from a family, they're really walking away from God who put them there. And when I see families today wrecked by this word forgiveness, I see nations being wrecked by this this word forgiveness. I see churches being wrecked by this word forgiveness. It's one of the greatest things that we need to function in this life. And it's a lot of us, not us, but in the world, if you look around you, I'm so tired of the fighting. I'm so tired of mistrust. But there's one word in there. Forgiveness. If we can all want to forgive the way our God, Almighty, forgave us. Life will be abundant. So I want to spend a few moments talking about a fresh start with God because we all need forgiveness on a daily basis. We're going to talk about how God did it once and for all through his son, Jesus Christ, and he gives us the opportunity every single day we get up to ask for forgiveness of how we treated somebody or what we have done for that day because God is... Interested in an active relationship with each and every one of us. Not a dick. Like we said, God is not dead. His attributes are amazing. His people are amazing. And he wants to be in great fellowship with us. And we want to be in great fellowship with him. I want you to turn to your Bibles in Matthew chapter 6. One I call one of the scariest scriptures I read. When it's talking about the Sermon on the Mount. Starting in verse 14 and verse 15. This is Jesus talking in the Sermon on the Mount, talking to the disciples. It says this, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And let's pray. Father, I just thank you right now in this moment as we talk about what's a powerful word, forgiveness. Father, I pray that this morning, that your word will go deep inside our hearts and our soul to bring change, to bring freedom. And as we walk out of here different than when we came in. Holy Spirit, we ask you to move in our, in our midst. In Jesus' name. You see the word here, forgiveness. Let me give you a meaning of it when you look at Matthew chapter 6. It means in the Greek, ephemia. Excuse me. Ephemia. Means to send away to forsake, to lay aside, to leave, to let alone, to give up, to keep no longer, to keep no longer. You know, I did research on this, and I went to the Mayo Clinic online. And let me just show you about the power of forgiveness says this, forgiveness can lead to this, healthier relationships, greater spiritual and psychological well-being, less anxiety and stress and hostility, lower blood pressure, fewer symptoms of depression, lower risk of alcohol and substance abuse. This is what they ended with. If you're unforgiving, you might pay the price repeatedly by bringing anger and bitterness into every relationship and new, new, new experience. Your life may become so wrapped up in the wrong that you cannot enjoy the present. You might become depressed or anxious. You might feel like your life lacks meaning or purpose or that you're at odds with your spiritual beliefs, you might lose valuable and enriching connectedness with others. As I said earlier, the vibrant relationship vertical will result in a vibrant relationship horizontal. Do you see the power of forgiveness and the power of unforgiveness? And how many of have dealt with this? And we don't know what it is. It racks our nation. It racks families. It racks the church, and that is not what God had in mind. When he talks about us forgiving, he even said that in verse 12. Forgive us our sins as we forgive others. That's the Lord's Prayer. How many prayed the Lord's Prayer before? How many minutes? Forgive us our sins as we forgive others' sins. Wow. It's a powerful statement. And God calls us to walk in such a level of humility and honesty that we don't get tripped up in what we call unforgiveness. Because as Mayo, Mayo Clinic says, in the church world, if you're upset with your family members, you have unforgiveness, you go from new adventure to a new adventure with the same issue. And guess what the common denominator is? You. That's a tough one. When you look back over all the people have done me wrong. What, have they, what did they do? Well, they did this and they did this. Now, let's go back 20 years. What did they do back then? They did this. Doesn't that sound the same? Because we walk around and we go for one. We can't have a new experience. When everything is going, you can't even reflect on the good because we're always reflecting on the bad. And then we build a history of hurt. But building the future of freedom. What I want to do is just this morning, just spend a couple minutes in a story in Matthew chapter 18. It's called The Unforgiving Servant. And I want to picture, give you a picture of a young man or an older man who received forgiveness, but they could not give it. And I hope that this frees us up. And actually, this is uh, Jesus interacting with the disciples, and really, Peter, I love Peter. Peter goes there whenever he's always honest, even when he's wrong. At least he's honest. And I love it, starting in verse 21. If you don't have your Bibles, you can look on the screen. It says, Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me? And I forgive him. As many as seven times, you're awesome, Peter. Seven times, you're awesome. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle one was brought to him, he owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay his master, ordered him to be sold, and his wife and his children, all that they had, and payment be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring, have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of the servant released him, you want to circle that, and forgave him the debt. But when the same servant went out, he found the one the fellow servants who owed him a 100 denarii. Seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me, and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When the fellow servant saw that he had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to the master all he had taken place. And his master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because you pleaded with me. And should you not have the um, mercy on your fellow servant as I have mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jealous, until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. And what I want to do is just unpack this. Peter had a very good question. But also Peter was trying to impress Jesus. If you know about the history of the Jewish culture the rabbis would teach you get to forgive people three times and on the fourth one you cast them out. So when Peter said seven he was like Jesus come on man I got seven I'm strong. And Jesus said 70 times seven which if you're a math wizard which I'm not I had to look it up it's 490 times which means Jesus was saying there is no limit. On forgiveness. There is no limit on forgiveness. Don't take score with people. We're not called to take score with people. I'm glad our God did not take score against me, which is huge. So this is a new thing that Jesus is unpacking to his disciples because even the rabbis were teaching it wrong because they were religious. Now, religion will say something like that. Relationship is forgiving and grace and love, which is tough. It's tough to love people sometimes, isn't it? Especially family. Don't family just rub you? You know what family are here to do on earth? Make you holy. (laughs) You want to test where you are with Christ? Go talk to your family. You asking for patience? Go talk to your family. You'll see what comes out of you. And God says, I knew that was there. I'll put your family there to make you holy. Well, let's unpack this story because this man had a debt king wanted to release the debt and when you see something what the kingdom of God is like it really means this is how God relates to uh, up in heaven this is how God relates this is his environment and he says this in verse. you see this the man owes him a debt and in those days if you owed a lot of money again Jewish culture you will sell that man into bondage and his family and his kids and they will work off that debt So the man had legal right to sell him and his family. But he looked down to the moral right. And that man stood out like all of us before we knew Jesus. All of us before we knew God. As God gave forgiveness, we became, we were in debt to God. We were in debt. So he, number one, he was a debtor in verses 23 23. The 27, let's read it. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be a, a compared to a king who wished to sell accounts with his servants. When he began to sell, was brought to him, who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay his master, ordered him to be sold with his wife and children. All that he had in payment be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant, released him and forgave him the debt. This guy, equivalent to what he owed, was this. He owed $15,180,000, which was impossible to pay. Think about our sin against God. It's impossible for us to work it off. It's impossible. That's why God sent his son Jesus to take care of it. When you look at this, the very first part of this, I look at, I love systematic theology. This is called a doctrine of salvation. Six things. Substitution. Christ substituted his life for us. Redemption. We always talk about. Reconciliation. Propitiation, which is the debt's been paid justification, just like we never sinned, and it's the sixth one, forgiveness. Now, let me give you a theological term on forgiveness, because a lot of us miss it. It says this, forgiveness is the legal act of God. Look at that. Whereby he removes the charges that were held against the sinner, which is us, because proper satisfaction or atonement for those sins have been made. God was legal, legally, could just end mankind anytime. He had a legal right. This is a legal act, a debt that could not be paid. But what did God do? He sent his son. When you look at it, forgiveness is manhood, which is for mankind. God gave us a gift called forgiveness. Because man has sinned and needed to have his sin dealt with and removed. And that was Jesus Christ. That's why I tell you, when you know that someone took our place and we didn't get what our just deserve, we got grace versus justice, who's not excited about this life? And the God that we serve, who had the legal right to take us down and start all over again, All the way when I talked about last week from Genesis chapter 3, he saw where we fell. He said, I need to bring a redeemer. I need to have the lamb of God to restore the right standing with man and fellowship. So that debt was impossible to pay. Guys, our debt that we owe God is impossible to pay. That's why salvation is just so powerful. You know, it takes guts. I do like that. It takes guts to deny there's a God in heaven who's, who uh, sent his son to die on the cross from me. It, it takes guts to go the whole, your, your whole life and deny Jesus. It takes faith, negative faith, to believe that Jesus don't exist. A debtor. where well, we all started. He forgave the debt. So this man receives, how many receive forgiveness from the Lord? Now, when you receive forgiveness from the Lord, I love the banking term, we become a creditor. He credited our account. Now, don't trip on this because it was past sins, present sins, sins, and tomorrow's sins. Is that fair? On God's side, is he getting a good deal on this? No right that's called grace we don't get what we deserve and guess what God calls us to do once you receive that grace to give that grace how many got them family members that you need to extend that grace to right a creditor so what did he do been forgiven this debt was too big so I'm gonna go after this other guy and I'm gonna choke him. And you know what he owed them? Five dollars. Five dollars. Now before you get crazy, well, before I knew Jesus, five dollars meant a lot to me. If you owe me five dollars, are gonna pay, you're gonna pay me. Because five dollars back in the day will get you to get you some uh, gas tank filled up. You would live in large if you had a dollar. I can drive from Queens, New York, all the way to New Manhattan and park for about two bucks and get back. Nowadays, $5 is going to get you a E. E. Oh, them $5. $15 million to $5, which signifies this. Our debt to God was unpayable. Really, as my dad would say, what are we upset about? When someone offends, when someone steps on us. Is it 15 million dollars? Or is it really 5 dollars? Is it worth fighting and breaking up over and going ballistic over? Insignificance. We fight over so many insignificant things. What's really important is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Going out these walls. But the devil knows how to trip us up with insignificant stuff. You know, as a pastor, you get accused of a lot of things. The number one thing I get accused of, I didn't say hi. Sorry. <laughs> you know, y'all know me. Y'all, I've been here how many years? If I forget, I'm sorry. But isn't that insignificant? When Jesus Christ paid my debt, paid our debt, that we couldn't pay back. That's why forgiveness is so powerful. We trip up our fellowship with God when we walk in forgiveness. Because you hear this line all the time. I feel so far away from God. (sighs) Can't receive from the Lord. Yeah, something there. Who are you mad at? Feel this, you know, I don't know my purpose anymore. When did that lose? When did you lose that? Who are you angry with? Who are even not forgiven? And what happens is it's just a seed bed for more stuff to show up in your life. It's just a seed bed. Unforgiveness, you pack all that other stuff up, and we can spend 14 hours with you delivering you until we get to the unforgiveness, which releases all that. It really does. We see that in history. Unforgiveness is the biggest, uh, biggest plug in people's lives. Became a creditor, owed fifteen dollars. Let's look, uh, let's look at that verses twenty-eight to thirty. But when the same servant went and found out his fellow servant who owed him hundred dollars, seized him, he began choking him, saying, "Pay what you owe." So the fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me, and I will pay you. But he refused, and he went and put him in prison till he should pay the debt. Five dollars. Now, you know who that was really hurting? The guy who thought he was missing five dollars. Because the next one, he goes from a debtor, which we all do, and then we all become creditors. And then when we walk in unforgiveness, we become a prisoner. That's number three. A prisoner. 31 through 34 says this. When your fellow servants saw that he had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to the master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because you pleaded with me, and you should not have had mercy on you." You should have mercy on your fellow servant. And should you not have it? As I have mercy on you. And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. Now, here's the thing. Listen to me on this one. The word jailer, some of you have the King James or the New King James or a New American Standard. It says tormentors, which means that's what it is. You get delivered. To be tormented when you walk in unforgiveness. You're tormented. That's what's going on with you. You don't know why you're angry at other people. Because you've been angry 12 years. You don't know why you're angry. You're in torment. You don't enjoy life. You don't even enjoy Christianity anymore. You don't enjoy your own family. The days, like I said, in Mayo. The present days of glory, you hate it. You don't want to get up in the morning. You're in torment. That's what God says. That's what happened to you. You shut down. What happens? You're in torment when you shut down your fellowship with God. Before I knew Jesus, I was always in torment. We all were. We didn't come to him, I'm glad I'm, I'm born again. You came to him crying and busted and down. Why? Because you knew you were in torment. Life was terrible. Terrible. Because you became the end of yourself. And that's what happens when we walk in. It's a tough subject because people... Here's the odd when you talk about forgiveness and unforgiveness. Everyone's sitting here now. I sure wish my friend was here to hear this. (laughs) After they messed me up. Hey, it ain't up to them. Forgiveness is on us. Here, you want to be... It doesn't matter. It does not justify what they did as right. But you want to get out of prison. I want to be free. That's what it's about. has nothing to do with them. has everything to do with you. It's man would. We receive the greatest gift in the world, so we also distribute the greatest gift in the world, which is grace, mercy, and peace to other people. Now, it's tough. Think about Jesus dying on the cross when they're yelling at him. You son of God, come on down. All Jesus had to do is go like this. Y'all watched the movie. y'all seen the old show "Bewitched." He could have did like this: Two million angels come down, destroy everybody. Think about it, beaten beyond recognition, the pictures we see that have nothing to do with it, for us, unrecognizable. And then at the end of it all, Lord, forgive him because they don't know what they're doing. That is a lesson for us, guys. The people who hurt you or try to step on you, they have no idea what they're doing. And to this day, you're still mad at them, they still have no idea what they did. You know when you see somebody walks in unforgiveness, you know what they always remember? The last time they were hurt. Or they leave. And they go around different places. How's it going? You know, back in the day, I remember. Well, you can't play that music no more, brother, because, you know, got new music now. Now, I remember the day, back when I was, before they told me I couldn't. Really. Stuck in time. Why? Because your life stops. It does. Your life stops. It actually stops the clock stops moving. You can't remember nothing new because you only just remember the pain. And that's tough to be. And then when you try to say, we're going to build a church, hey, reaching people and building community, no one likes to do community because when you look at other people, they remind you of the past hurt. And they did get started. We all suffer for everyone else's pain, you look like the guy, really. You talk like the guy, really. Yeah, we all look alike. Sorry, sorry. Good, no <laughs> joke. Gotta stay serious in here. <laughs> you hear that all the time? People say it to you, "You know, if you, if you press me that wrong way, that button, you're gonna hit that button," because I know where you're going with this. I know where you go. How you know where they're going with it? because it looks familiar, Zzz, running them tapes back. I love digital, wipe it off. Remember the old, well y'all know cassette decks? No, A tracks, you could not tape over them things. They run and they run and they run and around and then if it got stuck you had to put a piece of cardboard and make sure you have music. But you could not wipe the tapes clean. And that's what it runs around. It runs around. It runs around. It runs around. Rehearse, 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 rehearse what they've done to you. And all it says when he talks about that, and I think I messed the word up, offended me. I'll read it again. It says to drop it. Let it go. Let it go out the door so you can live again. We're not called to live in defeat. But most of the defeat that we live with, we created. The story, the problem is not with the most powerful God. The problem is our belief in our most powerful God. And this is the number one thing. You can't get a fresh start with people. In anything, unless you have a fresh start with God, because He says, "I can If you don't forgive, I won't forgive you, and you'll be in, I'll deliver you to torment, or you deliver yourself. You're walking. He went right. He walked right into prison. And when at home, what happens is, when you you feel like you're stuck, you go to a certain point." until the pain intensifies, and then you stop. And then we hear about the good old days. Been there, done that. Back in the day when I did this, well, what happened? Didn't go right. So, okay, it's a new day now, new plan, new wineskin. Come on. Can't. What I was trying to overcome has overcome me. And I see families wrecked with it. Never want to see that ever again. See my family wrecked with it. Think about it. Uh, 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 um, think about this a son and a mother. How many got boys? Unforgiveness can wreck a family so bad that a son won't come to his own mother's funeral. And he says this, just bury him in a, bury her in a box. And you fight tooth and nail to make sure they don't make a decision that will destroy their life, that they will grow up, that they didn't say goodbye to their mother. That's what happens in family. And it's happened more and more each time. Is it really insignificant that she didn't leave you some money? See, that's my part of my story that I grew up with. You all have them, and you see it's wrecked. It wrecks people. How about you? greater things to do. I don't make jokes about how you get hurt. But here's one of the things I want to share with you is Scripture. Because it does hurt. It's one of those man with things that God has given us, but we struggle with so much because and everything else gets added to it. When you seem like you lost your purpose and you're sitting in one of the greatest places in the world, it's not because the place is bad, it's because there's something broken inside of you. When you hear people, I don't trust anybody anymore. I don't, can't take people. Then all they do is hurt you. Well, who did that and destroyed your soul? And Jesus thought, I mean, God thought it was so important. He put it in, in Ephesians 4.32 on how we're supposed to treat one another on a constant basis. Speak kind to one another, tenderhearted. Forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave you. And that word, grace, means charisma. Got that one right. Charisma means grace. Do you want to live your life on justice or you want to live your life with grace? See, that man in the story, what happened to him was he received forgiveness like we all have, some of us have. But he didn't experience it. Because when you experience it, you can share it. Versus he just, he was happy he got off the hook. And see, that is law. That is not grace. That is not relationship. I ex- you experience it and then you can give it. Now, if you just received it, you will not give it. Max Lucado said this in his book called grace when grace is lacking bitterness abounds where grace abounds forgiveness grows where grace is lacking bitterness justice abounds where grace abounds forgiveness grows Martin Luther King said this and we get to celebrate his birthday tomorrow And the reason why we're all just sitting here today, able to sit here today, because of what that man did. Forgiveness is not an occasional act. It is a constant attitude. When I looked up about his marches, and, you know, the march was the last thing he wanted to do. He wanted to have dialogue. But, you know, he had a stringent, very stringent recruiting tool. If you could not take getting hit and getting dogs turned on you, and you cannot forgive your brother for that person doing it to you, you cannot march. Don't even join the movement. If you cannot accept that, because you got to realize they don't know what they're doing. That's the stuff we don't read about. And the last thing he wanted to do was march. He wanted to talk. Talk. But he said, if you're going to be my soldier, you got to learn how to walk in humility and honesty. And you're going to have to take it, and you're going to have to forgive it. Wow. How about us? I think that's what Jesus says for us. You might have to take it, and you're going to have to forgive it. You're going to have to let it go so you can live. Because you cannot live walking like this. You can't receive if you're holding on to that. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I have two